Welcome to The Prosper Project, the show that helps entrepreneurs build brands that impact the world and the bottom line. We know that success doesn't come in a one-size-fits-all package. That's why we're bringing you adaptable marketing strategies along with valuable insights from inspiring changemakers, firebrands, and visionaries. I'm Lorraine Sugart, founder of the disruptive brand agency, Prosper for Purpose. Now for this week's episode. If you've ever thought about completely switching industries, take some inspiration from April Porter. April is a former attorney turned award-winning multi-unit franchisee turned franchise empire building strategist and CEO of Ask April Porter. She's been named a top influencer in the global franchising industry, and she hosts the number one franchisee podcast on Apple, The Infinite Franchisee Show. April fills the gap between the franchise model and ultimate success by providing franchisees the strategies needed to increase profits, build reliable teams, and scale to multiple locations. But you don't have to be a franchise owner or operator to get a lot of gold from today's episode. So welcome, April. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm really interested in this conversation with you because you have reinvented yourself not once, but twice, I think, if we're being clear. You were a trial lawyer and then you were a multi-unit franchise owner and now you're a coach. Can you talk a little bit about your career trajectory? What made you leave one field to go to another? Yeah, well, I've always had a bit of an entrepreneur spirit, you know, so like many of your listeners, I'm sure I've dabbled in little side gigs all along the way, but I started my career as a prosecuting attorney, district attorney in some states, and I specialized at that time in prosecuting the crimes of domestic violence, sexual assault, and homicide for the most part. Those were my specialty And that's because I was a good trial attorney and those types of criminals don't like to plead guilty. (laughs) So there's a lot of trials when it comes to that subject matter. Uh, I was in court a lot. And when you are a trial attorney, in order to be good, you have to be extraordinarily strategic. So that means that I would have to prepare for a case really playing out the entire trial in my head and in a way that would convince 12 strangers to vote someone guilty and send them to prison potentially for the rest of their lives. And if you just want to think about how difficult that is, think about how hard it is to get everyone in your family to agree on dinner, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) So everything mattered. It mattered what order I called witnesses, how I introduced the evidence, what questions did I ask each person, what color suit did I wear that day? Literally, Every piece of the puzzle went into getting the jury to like me and to believe my version of the events. And so from there, obviously doing that for 10 years, it got a little heavy and I was ready for a change. And I saw a kickboxing gym franchise that looked just exactly like where I would want to work out. It, you know, was just 30 minutes and I could walk in. I'd always have a trainer to push me. 
And so I decided to go for it. And we signed up to open three, like we signed the agreements and paid for three locations, even though I'd never owned a storefront. Oh my gosh. Uh, I know. But I mean, it was kind of that like go big or go home mentality. (laughs) And anyway, so we opened those up and in three months I was profitable and I ended up really thinking about it the same way I thought about a trial. Like, how do I get to my objective? How do I grow this business? What's missing from the playbook that the franchisor gave me? Where do I find it? How do I create it? How do I put it into practice so that I can make this optimized? And so we ended up growing to four locations, actually, in less than three years. Wow. And then everyone wanted to know, what are you doing? Like, how is it that you're doing this? Uh, especially as I continued to scale and develop my employees, because I ended up not even working in the business at all. And oh, interesting. Did yeah. you remain an attorney during that time or not? Well, actually, yes, I was a judge during this time. When you were a judge. Oh my gosh. Overachiever. There we go. I'm just going to go and be a judge and open all these franchises. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds much more glamorous than it was. It was like the TV show Night Court once a month. (laughs) I remember Night Court. Boy, that's a blast from the best. Yeah. I remember watching that late night with my grandma. So anyway, I was doing the gyms and... I got to a point where I wasn't working in them at all, but I was the only franchisee that I'm aware of in our system who didn't work in the gyms, had multiple locations, and all of them were in the top 20, 25% of the company. That's amazing. So, Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So obviously people wanted to duplicate that, right? And they're right. like, hey, April, what are you doing? So I started doing some consulting and coaching one-on-one. And then ultimately I sold all four of the gyms in 2020, which was our, yes, that was our actual exit plan too. We didn't sell it as a result of the pandemic. That was my plan to grow them for about five to seven years and sell. And once I sold, that's when I looked at my consulting and the work that I was doing at other franchisees, which I was very passionate about helping them really realize the dream that they thought they were buying And so I formed Ask April Porter, which is our current company. Um, The name is indicative of the fact that everyone was asking me, what do I do? And then that's where we are now. I love that. So let me just backtrack for a second, because when you hear about buying into a franchise, you always hear like it's a business in a box. There's everything you need. You can just plug and play it. And what I'm hearing you kind of say is that's not the case. Can you talk a little bit more about what people who either have a franchise or might be thinking about buying into a franchise need to know about that gap between what they're given and what they need to bring? Absolutely. In fact, I call it the franchise gap, and that's our specialty is filling it. Basically, what you're given is you're given the concept, the quote, proven model. Now, the words proven model are tossed around in franchising a lot, and it kind of has this implied guarantee of success. The reality is that franchisees, franchise units, fail at the exact same rate as other small businesses, which is 50% fail in the first five years. Wow. Yeah. That's shocking. I would not have guessed that. Yeah. And most of the public wouldn't guess it. The thing is, is that the model really consists of the unique product or service that the franchisor has developed, 
the delivery of that product or service to the customer, right? That customer experience that's usually happening within the four walls of the store. And then the basic systems. And when we say systems, what we're really talking about is what CRM system are you going to use? What's the music provider for your background music? You know, these vendors that have to be used in order to do the daily operations, those are usually systematized. But what we're not talking about are a lot of the processes and procedures that you need in place if you're going to be able to recruit, hire, and train a team to successfully support you as the business owner. So essentially what you get with that business in a box is you get the playbook on how to be an employee for that unit. And you're going to be the main employee, the operator. So this is really no different, at least at face value, than starting your own business, right? There's You get more when you buy into a franchise, obviously. When you start your own business, you're making it up from scratch. But what most small business owners do is the same thing. They buy themselves a job, right? So what do you think are the universal lessons, whether someone's buying into a franchise or running their own business that you learned that enabled you to own the business without having to be in the business? Well, first of all, there is a responsibility that you have the minute that you decide to become a business owner. And that would be the first thing that I would challenge everyone to think about is when do you really become a business owner? Many people would say, oh, it's when I filed my LLC or it's when I signed my franchise agreement. The reality is the minute that you decide I'm going to pull the trigger and become a business owner, you are a business owner and you have to start making decisions as a business owner. The problem with that is Nobody's taught you how to be a business owner yet. So what we do is, we, yeah, whoops. <laughs> we end up going to our default and our default is being a great employee. Mm-hmm. What we know how to do is we're doers, right? Business owners are doers. We're going to get in. We're going to get our hands dirty. We're going to start making all the things that are going to make this business run. And ultimately you get caught up in those daily operations, So really thinking like a business owner, you need to realize that it's your responsibility to first and foremost learn how to transition out of an employee mindset and into a true ownership or entrepreneur mindset where you are not concerned with ringing somebody out at the cash register. And instead, You want to look at everything strategically and hand off and delegate and feel not only comfortable doing it, but excited. Because when you can delegate effectively, you're developing a team of people. You're investing in those young employees to become the best versions of themselves. And you're giving them a pathway to all kinds of opportunities throughout their lives, which is one of the reasons that a lot of people become business owners is because they want to provide a better working experience than the one that they came from as an employee. I love that. That's so, so good. So April, tell us a little bit about 
how you're working with people now. Who is a good fit for you? Well, we actually work with franchisees and non-franchise owners, just regular small business owners who started their own concept. We do that in our infinite franchisee program. And inside that program, what we're working on is supplementing all the things I talked about earlier, you know, the concept, the basic software systems, and the delivery to the customer. That's all part of the business model, whether it's a franchise or your own idea. Okay. We are teaching you how do you understand time management at a different level and how do you design your time differently when you're thinking more like a CEO and a high-level entrepreneur than when you're thinking like an employee. We teach you how do you really attract the right employees, not just go out and try to find employees. That doesn't work. We need to attract the ones that are in alignment with us and our business and our mission and our values and all these things. Those are the people who are going to stick around. They're going to become passionate followers, and they are going to care about your business as much or more than you do. And then we also really focus on local marketing. How do you do effective local marketing? How do you understand marketing strategies so that you can connect the dots of moving somebody through a pipeline so that you can bring more awareness about your business to the community? You can bring more people through your doors and then you can get them to buy at a higher rate and keep them long-term make them raving fans where they will refer to you, repurchase, and spread the word of mouth. I love that. So are most of your clients bricks and mortars of one kind or another? Most of them, yes. Okay. Okay. So this is especially good if you're a bricks and mortar, you have a location and you want to put in place the systems, the processes, the marketing to really level up your business. And, you know, April, before we started recording, we talked a little bit about the power of persuasion as one of the things that you've taken with you from your courtroom days and kind of carried with you. And can you talk a little bit more about why that's so, I think, at least from what I'm hearing, what's really coming up for me is that you're able to step back, see the big picture, and that's coming from your courtroom days where you had to think about, as you said, what order to interview people in, what to wear each day. You could really get that 10,000-foot view, but then go back and plan the detailed steps one after another. So I really love that. And then the other thing that you mentioned was, you know, some of the skills that you take with you from one to the other. And one of those is your persuasive skill. Can you talk a little bit about the art of persuasion? And we know that nearly 100% of our listeners on this podcast are women, but why this is really especially important uh, skill for women? Oh, 100%. Well, I mean... You know what they say. There's a million cliches out there about happy women make, you know, happy wife, happy life type of thing, right? Yeah. The way that we're happy is that, you know, we know how to get what we want as women, right? Yes. (laughs) Most of the time anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Most of the time we know how to do it. How do we translate that into business though? And how do we really become persuasive? Well, my skills of persuasion 
helped me in two areas tremendously. And both of these areas are essential to scaling. One is marketing. I'm a very, very natural marketer because I'm thinking about the objective first. What is the objective? Same thing in trial. The objective is that the person is found guilty, right? So in marketing, the objective is to get somebody to walk through my doors, but really how many people to walk through the doors? Well, why are they going to walk through my doors? So I have to back it up, look at everything from that person's perspective and really ask, how are they going to perceive everything I'm doing? in a way that is going to communicate to them, I am the perfect solution to the problem that they have. And what we have to do is we have to back it up. It's very easy to see how they're going to believe that when you're able to talk to them face-to-face in a sales consultation, right? Because you know how those work and you probably have had a lot of success. In fact, you're probably the best salesperson in your brick and mortar right now as the owner, you know? So you understand that bit, but then what are they going through? What's going through their mind? What's their emotions? What's going through their heart before they decide to set up that sales consultation, right? Right. And then something happens that triggers them to say, okay, I'm going to come in and have a sales conversation. So what's happening with them before the trigger? Why aren't they setting up the sales consultation? What's holding them back? What's going on in their lives? What are their fears? What are their hopes? So by working backwards through that, we're basically working backwards through the sales funnel, through the pipeline. So when we start our marketing, we have to start with the person who doesn't know anything about us. And some of those people don't even know they have the problem that we solve. Exactly. There's problem aware and problem unaware. So that's a very good point. Exactly. So then you decide how are you going to make those people aware or how are you going to take the ones that are aware and make them aware of you? And then once they're aware of their problem, they're aware of you. Well, what's going on in their lives that's still not getting them to take action? Well, let's talk about that and let's address that in our marketing messaging and then where we're delivering our marketing. So we just work through the pipeline, but it's all psychological. right? It's all emotional. And it's all about really showing up and letting people know, like, I understand what you're going through. That's why I'm passionate about the solution. That's why I invested so much to become a business owner who could solve this particular problem because I understand it. So that's one way the persuasion has moved through my career. The other way, though, is the same thing, only it comes down to employees. Mm, I love this. So being able to really look at things from your employee perspective, being able to have conversations and to empower your employees to have conversations with you, how do you open those lines of communication? How do you get your employees to have a buy-in to your mission so that they do want to drive the ball forward to the goal? All of those things, all of my experience went into creating and developing my, creating that relationship with my employees and then developing them into leaders that could take the ball, that could take my business and they could grow it as I started to extract myself from the day-to-day to work on other endeavors. So what does your schedule look like now? How much are you working you know, in your business or on your business versus on your business? And, you know, what is your, how does that kind of integrate into your life? Yeah. So 
it's a little bit day to day for me or week to week, I should say, because I travel a lot right now going to different conferences and speaking engagements and things of that nature. But we're less than two years old in this business. Oh and, my goodness. Are you really? I didn't yeah. realize that. Surprise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're less than two years old in this business. I have three full-time employees and when I'm traveling, they are handling everything behind the scenes. Like I'm checked out usually. I'm at a conference all day, face-to-face, just talking to people or on stage. And they're handling all of our clients and all of the day-to-day operations. And then when I'm back in the office, I'm doing a lot of things like this, where I'm appearing on podcasts, I'm doing some of the more high-level strategy, looking at what does our next three months look like? What do we want to roll out to our audience? What do people need right now? I mean, we recognize, you know, hiring is still a big pain point for a lot of people and retention. And so maybe we want to roll something like that out. Of course, we have the recession bearing down on us. (laughs) A lot of fears are starting to bubble up about that with the interest rates. How do we help people understand that? and not go down that pit of despair, right? Because the number one thing that you need to realize as a business owner is that if you don't believe it's possible, it's not. Right. So if you start believing that, oh my gosh, everything's doom and gloom and it's going to be terrible 2023, well, it is. You've got to find hope, right? So we kind of look, so that's what my job is, is to really look more strategically and plan out how do we help people And then my team executes. Yeah, no, that's great. And you and I talked a little bit before we started recording about the fact that so many people are reconsidering their places and if they want to be a full-time business owner or go back to work or do some kind of combination of the two. And, you know, you and I agree, we both kind of predict that the work situation, we will see more people going back to work and that employers are hopefully a little bit smarter than they were before and work could potentially look a little bit different. I know I hear a lot of people saying they'd never be back in the office full time and you see more and more employers responding with hybrid work situations. So, you know, I think it's important that people understand just as you have made drastic changes and a lot of people are out there going, okay, I mean, Most people would think being a successful attorney and becoming a judge, that was the ideal, right? That you'd kind of, you know, reach that epitome of, you know, what do I imagine my life to be like? But you just kind of reinvented yourself and went on and went on and, you know, you're in your third incarnation. So there might be something else down the road. What would you say to people that feel like, making a change would be admitting defeat? Oh my gosh. I'd say, first of all, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. It's only defeat if you see it as defeat, right? I mean, right now, there are so many people that are taking a swift and hard left turn in their careers to jump into things that, you know, maybe they've dreamed about for a long, long time but never had the courage to do it or didn't see the opportunity to do it. And because of what we've all been through in the last couple of years, that perspective has changed. So, you know, there is no defeat. Even if you're a business owner who would say, you know, I'm just kind of tired and I want to go back and work for somebody else. 
I actually know quite a few business owners that have done that recently. And part of that is that there are business owners out there right now getting very, very educated on how to create really unique and innovative workplaces that pour into employees in the way that hasn't happened in the past. And there are some business owners who are like, I'm tired, right? I've been pouring into my employees for a long time. And I've been the one with all the stress and the responsibility and carrying the weight on my shoulders of, you know, of running a business. And and for everyone listening who's a business owner, we all know it's not easy, right? It does take a certain stamina to be a business owner. And now there are a lot of people that are going back and saying, hey, this employer actually is really set up for business owners re-entering the workforce as employees. And they're giving their employees the freedom that we, as business owners, desired. That's why we started a business. We thought, hey, gosh, I'll be able to pick the kids up from school and I'll be able to go to a doctor's appointment without taking PTO for it, right? Exactly. So, but they're giving that flexibility and freedom to their employees and they're giving great paychecks Mm -hmm. and it doesn't entail the weight and responsibility of owning the business. And, you know, working for the right company too, the nice thing is you get to hone in on whatever your zone of genius is and you get to go in there and you get to be excellent at that zone of genius and wear that one hat sometimes, knock it out of the park. And then at the end of the day, enjoy your home life. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think there's any shame in that at all, because we all know that regardless, if you're a business owner or if you're an employee, you can make an insane positive impact on this world if that is your intention. You don't have to be a business owner to do that. Agreed. I think entrepreneurs oftentimes make just as much impact as entrepreneurs. So thank you for kind of stepping outside of, you know, our conversation to talk about that. But I do think it's an important subject that people know that whatever they choose to do is okay. You can change your mind and then you can change it again. You can change it back. You can change it forward. It doesn't really matter. But I think the big thing is, you know, to go where your gut leads you, to trust your gut and make decisions out of moving towards something rather than away from something. I love that. And I will tell you, if you're contemplating being an entrepreneur or if you are an entrepreneur, we always think about our impact being on our customer, right? Or the employees that we're developing. But in that role, you have such a gift that you can give to the business owner because you know what it's like to have been a business owner. And your job is now to make their life easier, And it's such a beautiful gift to have a true entrepreneur who understands that. Absolutely. I love that. April, tell our listeners how they can work with you. Thank you so much. You can find me at askaprilporter.com. We have a program for franchisees and small business owners called the Infinite Franchisee, where we fill in the gaps of what is really missing in that business owner education, knowledge, and really perspective that takes you from the daily operations to being able to scale into multiple locations. And then if you happen to be a small business owner who's thinking about franchising your business, 
We also help you understand what you need to do in your business in order to become a franchisor. So that's another program called Franchise Titan. But you can find all of that information and connect with me at askaprilporter.com. I love that. Okay, April. So my last question to you, this is called the Prosper Project because we're encouraging and the point of this podcast is to help women define success on their own terms. So I want to end with a question that I always ask my guests, which is, what does it mean for you to prosper? Oh, I love this question. I actually have formulated a phrase, proprietary phrase around this and focusing in on it. We, I call it SWAG. And SWAG stands for Sanity, Wealth, and Gratitude. Ah, love that. So my focus is always, what does this bring me sanity? Is it bringing me closer to a place of sanity where I don't feel like there's chaos and I'm, you know, constantly responding to chaos in my life? Is this enhancing my wealth, both monetary wealth, but the enrichment of experiences in my life? And then is it helping me come from a place of gratitude where there's no fear? no anxiety, but where I can be at peace, have peace of mind and be present with gratitude. And so that's really the vision that I have and that I advocate for my clients to have is we're moving towards sanity, wealth and gratitude, regardless of what the path looks like to get there. I love that. Thank you so much. April Porter, it was wonderful having you on the Prosper Project today. Thank you so much for spending time with us. Thank you. I loved it. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of The Prosper Project. If you want to grow a peerless, profitable brand, please hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you find value in our show, please help us reach others by sharing an episode and leaving a review. In appreciation, please visit prosperforpurpose.com for more free resources to help you grow your business.